excited about the kids running. <clears throat> when I was a kid, if you run like that, you got tore up. <clears throat> but um, no, I, I love to see the kids because that means that, that you know the congregation is the future congregation is here, and we are so thankful that you're here. We got so many visitors, and and but most of us know everybody. And we're so thankful that you've made the decision today to come to worship with us at Homewall. If you do not have a, a congregation that you worship at regularly, we'd love to invite you to come and worship with us. Uh, we meet Sunday mornings at 9.30 for Bible class, 10.30 for worship, Sunday nights at 6, and then also on Wednesday nights at 6.30. So glad you're here. This brings back a lot of memories. <clears throat> to be able to stand and, and see this many people sitting in this auditorium, I think back to so many years ago when, back when we had this built, the church had the building next door, and we had six buses running everywhere, and they would pick up kids and bring them back, and we had so many kids here. And then we would go over there, and we'd have youth events, and we're just thankful to be able to be here today, and Friends and Family Day. You know, there's something about our friends and family. <clears throat> we don't talk about it some probably near enough. But our friends and family are the most important people to us, right? The people, you know, let's start with family first. Even though friends comes first, and friends and family, but your family has got to be the most important people to you. You care more about them than anybody, and and I know there's some people that don't, have not had a good family life. But I tell you, what, I grew up. It was it was tough at times, but I didn't know it. We worked hard, but we, we always had food to eat, and our mom and dad cared about us and our grandparents and our aunts and our uncles, and, and I'm just very thankful for our family. And today, you know, to, to get to this point where, um, you know, with my two boys and, and their wives, and I've loved them to death and would do anything in the world for them, you would do the same for your family. No matter what it is that they ask, Right? No matter, no, no matter what it is that they need, would you do it for them? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. No questions asked. What about your friends? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you got friends that, that you would do anything for. They can call you in the middle of the night and they need something. You're there for them. They need to borrow some money. Now, that might get old after a little while. They keep wanting to borrow 10 bucks, 20 bucks. But, you know, if somebody really needs something, you're going to be there for them. Friends and Family Day. We invited all of our friends, our families, and, and everybody's come together. What I want us to think about today, since it's Friends and Family Day, is I want us to think about are we a friend, or are we family, or hopefully both, to Jesus? I want you to think this morning <clears throat> about your relationship with Him. You may say, well, Johnny, I have no relationship with Jesus. But you need to. But I want to talk about this morning. Let's talk about Jesus for a moment. Let's, th let's think about who He was. Where was He at before He came to earth? Well, He was in heaven with God, wasn't He? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, or without Him was not anything made that was made. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. You go back to Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And then God began to speak. 
Well, you know who Jesus was in that picture? He was the Word. As God spoke this world into existence, as He spoke the, the, the calling the uh, the day night and or the I'm sorry the day um, the light day and then the darkness night, God did that and He did it through His Son. His Son was the Word before He became the Son. Jesus has always been. So He was in the, He was with God in the very very beginning. He was with God throughout all the Old Testament. And you'll see different times where people believe that that was Jesus that was there at certain times. But when you get to the New Testament, Jesus made a decision. God made a decision. God decided to send His Son, His only begotten Son, to this earth for everybody. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 so Jesus left heaven. He, he walked away from the Father's throne, y'all. He humbled Himself and became a man and lived among us. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John describe the different events about His life. It talks about all the different people that He encountered. It talks about all the different people that He taught. You see, the thing is, as far as we know, He didn't start teaching until He was 30 years old. That's when he began his ministry. Now, from the time that he's born until he's 12 years old, we don't really know a whole lot. And actually, there's just one event when he's 12, when he is left behind at Jerusalem, and he's actually found sitting in the temple discussing the law with with the so-called religious leaders of the day. That's really all we know from 12 all the way to 30. But what we do know is, is his dad was a carpenter, we do know that, that he ended up having at least four brothers and sisters. But he was the oldest child. Because the cool thing about Jesus was he was born like nobody else has ever been born before. In Luke chapter 1, you've got Gabriel coming unto Mary. And he tells Mary, he says, Listen, you've been highly favored among women. God has chosen you for something. He's chosen you to bring His Son into the world. So in Luke chapter 1, she is so excited. Of course, she does ask a question. She says, how how can I have a child since I don't know any man? I've never been active. He said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you shall become pregnant with the Son of God and you will call His name Jesus. Y'all, that was amazing. The amazing virgin birth. And there's people who don't believe in that. How do you read the Bible and not believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? Joseph was his earthly dad. He was raised as Joseph's son. But yet, Mary always knew and Joseph always knew whose son he was. So as Jesus goes and He teaches and He, he trains people everywhere He goes... People are listening. People are starting to really pay attention. All of a sudden, His ministry is growing. There's multitudes of people. In Matthew chapter 5, you know the the Sermon on the Mount, it it talks about great multitudes and they all came and as He sat down, He began to speak and, and taught them saying, Jesus had so many people following Him. But now don't get me wrong, there was a lot more people against Him. 
But Jesus was teaching. He was guiding people. He was leading people. He was telling them about His Father and about His kingdom. What an amazing thing. What did they do to Him? You see, this don't make any sense in a way. You've got a man who has never committed one single sin. He was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15 tells us. But he never committed a sin, and yet people got so mad at him. They got so upset with him that they were willing to kill him. Why? Why would they be willing to kill the Son of God? Why would they be willing to kill the, the one who is perfect? The Messiah, he, I mean, He can heal people. He, he, can, he can restore the sight of the blind. He can cause uh, lame men to walk. He can even cause people to be raised from the dead. And you're going to kill Him? Many of them witnessed the resurrection that He did of Lazarus in John 11. Only a very short period of time before they called for Him to be killed. This Jesus that, that we talk about in, in the Scripture that, that so many people talk about, He's not just some kind of figure that maybe existed. He existed. He lived upon this earth and He went through so much. He gave so much of Himself. Eventually giving up His own life. Several years ago, <clears throat> Mel Gibson made that made the the movie about the crucifixion. And you know, up until that point, I'd always seen the movies about the crucifixion and, and what had taken place, and I'd always thought that you know there's not near enough blood in that scene. I mean, you would have Jesus hanging on the cross and He'd have a little drip of blood coming down here in His hand and a little bit in this hand, a little bit on His feet. And until the soldiers struck Him at the end, there was very little blood. But y'all, our Savior, Jesus, went to the cross and suffered tremendously before we ever got there. Turn your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 27. <clears throat> Not going to stay here for a long period of time. Uh, which, by the way, somebody had asked me this morning, a good friend of mine, they said, how long are you going to preach? Are you going to preach a long time? I said, 65 minutes is my norm. And then after that, I promise you I will not do that to you. I promise you I will not do that to you. <clears throat> but in Matthew chapter... <clears throat> I'm getting my voice back here. I was trying to sing with Scotty, and those songs were the, the tough ones. Um, <clears throat> about lost it. But in Matthew 27... In verse 27, I just want to read a couple of verses here. This is after Pilate has decided that he's going to release Barabbas, which by the way is you and me, that he represents us. Barabbas was guilty of seditious, uh, sedition, he was guilty of murder, he was guilty of insurrection against the government, and they released him, but they kept Jesus. In verse 27 of Matthew 27, the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall. They gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. When they had plaited the crown of thorns, they placed it upon his head, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. They spit upon him, took the reed, and smote him on the head, and after that they had mocked him, 
They took the robe off from him and put on his own raiment and led him away to crucify him. As they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink, and they crucified him. This Jesus that people talk about all the time. What did he do for us? Jesus died on a cross for us. I can't imagine the scene. Okay, I, I mean, I'm trying, I, I try to in my head, I try to think about all the people that are around. First of all, we know how many apostles are there. <laughs> One. Of the twelve that he had chosen that had been with him for three and a half years, we know of one that's actually there. John. But can you see the scene? Can you, can you see after they scourge Jesus? And by the way, that's where the blood comes in. He's bleeding everywhere. His back is cut all to pieces. You know, they would make the scourge out of a leather. And inside, that, at the end of that leather whip, they would tie in pieces of bone and metal and they would literally strip the backs of these people when they scourged them. It would, it would tear open their skin. And that's one of the things I liked about the movie um, that Mel Gibson made because it actually showed some of that. You read some of the second, uh, the second century historians, they, they talk about being witness to these scourgings and people's insides actually falling out of their sides because they were tore up. It's easy to think, oh, it's just a little whipping. No. This is a scourging. Our Lord and Savior was beat almost to death. Many people died during the scourging. Why was this happening? Because of my sins. And because of your sins. That's why Jesus went to the cross, right? He said in Matthew 20 and verse 28 that He came to give His life a ransom for many. That's for all of us. Everybody here this morning. And everybody that's not here this morning. And everybody that's ever lived and everybody that will live, Jesus died on the cross so that their sins could be washed away and they could be a sa- He could be their Savior. And it's not just for those people who are perfect. Oh, by the way, there's no perfect people, right? Jesus died because we all have fallen and we have sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. But y'all, He crucified. He was crucified for us. But guess what? That's not the end. If you read Matthew chapter 28, you'll find that He came forth from the grave. In a couple, couple of weeks, we'll be celebrating Easter. And that's when the world recognizes the resurrection of Christ. But Christ was resurrected. He didn't stay in the tomb. You know, if he went through all this as far as being crucified and being beat and all those things, and yet was still in the grave, what would it matter? It would have been over. I mean, it would have just been Jesus was a great man. But that's not it. He came forth from the grave through his resurrection. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. And through his resurrection, you have the opportunity. To be resurrected at the last day to hear Him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You think about it. This Jesus that a lot of people talk about, they need to get to know Him even better, right? 
Would you not say that all of us need to know Jesus better? I'd say everybody does. And the way that you do that is by reading and studying His Word and letting that Word dwell in you and letting it change who you are. And let it dictate how you talk and how you walk and what you do. Well, Johnny, I don't want to be a religious nut. I don't want you to be a religious nut either. I just want you to be a follower of Christ. I want you to be a disciple of Christ. Not a disciple of me, not a disciple of any preacher, a disciple of Christ. Follow Him. Learn what He has to tell you and what He has to say to you. Listen, after Jesus was resurrected, in Acts chapter 1 you've got all the apostles standing around except for Judas, but all the rest of them. And they're standing around and they're watching Him and all of a sudden Jesus ascends up to the Father. He disappears from them. And the angel says, Hey, why are you, why are you guys from Galilee standing here gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus whom you've seen leave is going to return in like manner. Now, it never says He's going to touch earth again, but it does say He's going to return in the clouds. Definitely Jesus is the greatest being, the greatest person, the greatest man who's ever lived upon the face of this earth. And y'all, let me just tell you this morning, He loves you. Whatever your name is, Wherever you're from, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, He loves you. And He wants you to be His disciple. And not just that, He wants you to be His friend. When you think about being a friend with somebody, what does that entail? It entails a lot of things, right? Remember I asked at the very beginning, if you had a friend and needed something, would you be there for them? Oh yeah, yeah. There's never been anybody any greater of a friend to you than Jesus Christ. Whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, there's so many atheists that, that, that do not believe that in God they don't believe in Jesus, but I promise you the greatest friend they'll ever have and ever have had is Jesus. Jesus loves you no matter what. And He's there for you. He wants you. He wants you to be his friend. Philippians chapter 2, if you want to turn there with me. Philippians 2, God did something for Jesus because of His obedience. Um, and I promise you, I'm not. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Philippians 2, <clears throat> God gave Him something because of His obedience. Philippians 2, 9, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him, and given Him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let me tell you a secret. It's not really a secret. If you've never bowed down to Jesus, you will. If you've never confessed that Jesus is the Son of God, you will. If you don't do it here, you're going to do it there. You better do it here because you got an opportunity to make Him your friend. Think about it. God has given Him a name which is above every name. The God the Father has done that. Definitely, Jesus is important, isn't He? If God the Father gives Him a name which is above every name, 
And God the Father says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Why not take advantage of the opportunities that you have here? By the way, God's also given him the authority to judge the world. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It's not going to be God the Father judging the world. It's going to be the Son. And He's going to bring us all together and He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. Matthew 25 verses 31 through 46. If Jesus is going to be your judge, don't you think it might be a good idea to let Him be your friend? And don't you think it might be a great idea for you to be a friend to Him? Jesus has done everything in the world for you. You say, well, John, I don't know anything. Please start reading your Bible. Please read what He's done for all of us. And sometimes people will say, I just don't have time. you got, you got the same amount of time today as everybody else does. It's just how you choose to use it. Turn the TV off. Put your phone down. Pick your Bible up. Read and study about the Lord and Savior, Jesus. Because He loves you. He cares about you. He wants to be your friend. Now, He did did say something about if you want to be His friend, in John chapter 15, in verse 13, He made this statement. He says, Greater love had no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Who did that? Jesus laid down His life for you. But then he went on to say in in verse 14, Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Wait a minute, Jesus. You just tied my friendship to you, to me obeying you. Yes. God has given the ultimate gift. He's given us the opportunity to be His children. We have to take advantage of that. What about a family member? Real quick. I love my family to death. All of them. Would do anything in the world for them. Would you do the same for yours? I'm sure you would. But is Jesus your family? Is He your brother? You see, the thing is, when you obey the Gospel and you become a New Testament Christian, all of a sudden Jesus is not only your Savior, He's not only your Lord, but He's also your brother. And he's, you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ, meaning that He's your brother now. Is Jesus your brother? Jesus also made the statement, and, and we read it from <clears throat> um, Caleb this morning. I'm sorry, Jeff read this morning. He's doing the announcements. By the way, our guys do such a good job, every one of them, in leading the singing, um, the announcements, the prayers, the Lord's Supper. In Matthew chapter 12, <clears throat> Jesus is, is, is working with a, with a multitude. And his mother and his brother, or his mother and his, and his, um, well, his mother and brothers and his sisters, they all come and they won't see him. And Jesus looks at the, they say, hey Jesus, your mother and brother are without, they won't talk to you. In verse 40, 48, he says, Behold my mother and my brethren, as he stretches out his hands over the disciples. Verse 50, For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same as my, is my mother, or my brother and my sister and my mother. The 
those who do the will of my Father. Those who obey the commands that I have given to them. What a tremendous opportunity for all of us to follow Jesus. My question to you this morning is, are you a friend of Jesus or are you family to Him? And if you're neither, please do that. Get your life ready. You know, you look around at our world and, and, and I listen, I'm not one of those preachers that will say, you know, I'll start preaching that the end is here, the end is here. I don't know. Jesus Himself didn't know when He was here. But what I do know is that our world is crazy. And people are crazy. But God has given us His Word that is not crazy. Do you know Jesus this morning as your friend? Do you know Him as your Savior? Do you have Him as your family? If you're not a New Testament Christian this morning, if you, go, if you read through the book of Acts, and this is not according to Johnny, it's according to what Acts says. In Acts chapter 2, you've got people that heard the gospel the first time. They heard about Jesus. They heard that He had been crucified. And that blame was put upon them. Well, in Acts 2 and verse 37... It says they were pricked in their hearts and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Well, Peter answers and says in verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Pretty simple to me. Repent of your sins, you're baptized into a water grave of baptism, your sins are washed away. If you've never done that, why not do that today? Well, I just don't know enough, Johnny. I'm telling you, this idea that you've got to know so much before you're baptized... Or before you become obedient to Jesus, I don't know where it comes from. Because in Acts 2, how much did they know on the day of Pentecost? In Acts 16, when, when the Philippian jailer is told, he's like, he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They carry him, preach to him Jesus, and what does he do? He and his family that night are baptized for the remission of their sins. It's not that I'm putting a lot, a great deal of, of importance on that. It's on everything. You believe in Jesus, you be willing to repent of your sins, you confess your faith in Christ that He is the Son of God, and then you're baptized. Jesus loves you and has done everything for you. I promise you. If you don't do anything today, please at least start thinking. Think about your soul's salvation. Think about what God has done for you, the opportunities that He's put before you. Are you a friend or a family to Jesus? If you need to come this morning, please come as we stand as we see. <clears throat>